Forming offense. Forming offense. Four minutes. Forming offense. Forming offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. Hey, lose three in a row, win three in a row. But the three in a row are Vegas, Tampa Bay, and now they're able to knock off one of the best teams in hockey, first place Colorado. Coyotes win four to three in overtime. Here you go, Bukestad scored in the OT. That's the game winner unassisted. Boyd, Schmoltz, Carconi, they had the other three goals. You got three assists from the blue line as well. Connor Ingram had 28 saves, a lot of them on the stand on his head variety. Here's your head coach, Andre Torini. The urgency we have and the, the focus level we have is uh, it's unbelievable. I think it's a blessing to be to watch those guys play every night. They're still at home. They stay there for tomorrow night's game. Face off seven o'clock against the Blues. Suns, first let's update you on injuries. You got Grayson Allen, he's back from being sick. We're okay there. Nasir Little, he's back from childbirth. Well, it, it wasn't him that gave birth, but he took a day off in order to be with his child. And then the big question is Devin Booker. Why is he a big question? Well, because he's listed as questionable. That's why he's a big question. They got a back-to-back tonight, tomorrow night. Huge game is tonight. They're home against the Denver Nuggets, the world champions. Tip-off is at 8 o'clock, and then home tomorrow against the Memphis Grizzlies. That tip-off tomorrow night is at 7. Rapid fire on on our two local college teams, U of A and ASU. U of A takes on Colgate, tip-off at 1 o'clock tomorrow. ASU has today and tomorrow off, and then they take on a kind of a scrappy San Francisco Dons team. Remember, they won a national championship. Actually, two of them. That was 70 years ago, but they did win. That game is Sunday, 1 o'clock, right after Mass. I said that because General Mike's here. I I go to 10.30, man. Cardinals Steelers are the best team in football. Did you know that? Well, not overall. They're the best team in football in one key stat. Turnover margin. Being the best team in football and turnover margin creates massive problems for everybody else because the Steelers don't throw the ball deep down the field. They make sure they don't have a lot of turnovers. Yet, they get you to turn the ball over all of the time. Buddha, what's this game going to feel like? Of course, you know, it's a, a, a good you know, ground and pound team. Um, so it's definitely going to be, you know, uh, the battle in the trenches. Um, so definitely very excited and, uh, you know, just, just continuing to work to get to game day. Now, you probably already heard it, but in case you didn't, it was reported that two days ago, Zach Ertz and Monty Ossenfort were seen having a conversation kind of in a patio area, not really a patio, but kind of in an area, long conversation. Well, then, late yesterday morning, it got reported by J.J. Watt on the Pat McAfee show that he's asked for his unconditional release, and he received it, and now he can go anywhere he wants. Do I hear back to Philly, possibly? Thursday night football was amazing. Dallas won 41-35. If you had Dak, Lamb, or Metcalf, you looked really good, especially C.D. Lamb. 12 receptions, 116 yards, one touchdown. And finally, 
Three bad guys steal cash and lots of stuff from a tobacco shot in Queens. They got away with it for a year and a half until police studied the video. And one of the guys basically robbed the store with his pants all on the ground, pants all on the ground, and had bright yellow underwear with a big letter R on it. The police went public with the underwear and some wonderful young lady who didn't want to claim how many times she had seen the underwear actually reported an anonymous tip with the Instagram handle of the owner of the big yellow underwear. They arrested the 30-year-old man who now they have him for questioning to find the other two. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. I'm Janelle, General Manager of Bell's Nashville Kitchen, a.k.a. The Whiskey Wizard. Bell's isn't your typical country bar with mediocre bar food. We are a scratch kitchen with chef-inspired dishes in the only place you can get the best sandwich in all of Arizona, our Nashville hot chicken sandwich. Now, the drinks. I spend days infusing our own whiskey creations. Come in for Whiskey Wednesdays to learn about and drink our famous whiskey selection. We have live music most days and all weekend as part of our honky-tonk brunch. Bell's Nashville Kitchen on Main Street in Old Town Scottsdale. You found home, down home. I gotta tell you, (laughs) we are an absolute dead duck without General Mike today. All right, all right. Who has... Tap the keg, pump the keg, gotten us all ready to go this morning because I was rebellious, slept in all the way until 3.45, yeah, loved every second of it, and now I'm jacked up for our first beer Friday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Merck. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Dare I say, we have crushed the four-minute offense, and I did not flame out and butcher the open. So that means today's show is going to be awful. (laughs) Because just like I have at golf, lately I have been a fiend on the range. Lately, the ball is just exploding off my clubs on the range, and like people are looking at me. Like, hey, you know, why is this guy playing this cool? Wow. And then I go shoot a 104. I don't I just it's just what's going on. 
Why can I hit balls off of nice little strips of turf so well, and I can't actually hit them when it counts? I have no idea. What did you say, Jeff? I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Oh, your mic sounds good today. Does it? No, but I just thought it'd be nice. Is it quieter? No, I still hear the white noise. Oh, well. (laughs) But it's not that bad now. It's just after processing, it's like, oh, something crazy happens. (laughs) So here's what we are excited about today. It is December 1st, and therefore, it's time to introduce our first ever. Think about this. I Now, Beer Friday made a ton of sense when I was drinking beer at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning, and that wasn't that big of a deal when I did overnight. It's been a little bit of an adjustment, I admit, to have a 6 in the morning beer, but it's still beer. Now, for the first time ever. On Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, we have a Beer Friday sponsor. Oh, I wasn't ready. Oh, you told me I had to get yeah, ready for you. No, I got it. Okay, here we go. Oh, look at that. Oh, beer. Very well done. General Mike came in and pumped everything for, uh, for us. So, General Mike, please do the honors here. You seem nervous. Okay. Look at that. I'll be coming. I'll be in there in a minute. This is 100 Mile Brew Amber Ale. The reason why there's a crazy echo now is because I'm sitting next to General Mike and his mic is on right now. No, no, no. You're fine. You're fine. This is for um, uh, Jeff Weir Production. This is the Amber, the A Mountain Amber Ale, which is my favorite beer. Jeff Weir Productions. Oh, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Do not look at the logo because it is another bar. It's actually Red's Bar and Grill, which is the Wigwam, which I don't mind admitting I I frequent. Oh, look at you pouring yourself a little bit less. Oh, there you go. There you go. So General Mike, one of the originals, hardcore members of, uh, of the Unplugged Army, emailed me, if you remember, on... Um, when was it? Uh, for Town Hall Tuesday and told me that he's got all of the pumping things and, and everything. And I, it was funny. I went to 100 Mile Brewing Company yesterday. They had the keg ready, but they forgot that I had told them that I need to. Okay, I, my original plan was to have uh, General Mike say hi for a second. Hello, everyone. There, thank you. Uh, my original plan was to leave his mic on the whole time, but that echo is driving me insane. So, Jeff Weir Production, could you take his mic down? Because that's just... Uh, uh, I, I hear my own head echoing. Thank you, thank you. So what happened was, is they forgot that I needed the tap that they had. They had a pump tap that they loan out to either employees or they bring them to different events. And when they bring them to different events, they had it out so they couldn't give it to me. And if General Mike had not told us, hey, I'm going to be bringing um, equipment for you to pump with, we would have been dead ducks. So here we go to the first... A-Mountain Amber Ale Beer Friday Toast of 100 Mile Brewing Company, Tempe, which is located at Rural Scottsdale and the 202. Cheers. It's so tasty. It tastes so good. It's a great, I mean, it is my favorite beer in the state. Now, I'm I'm a little disappointed. Uh, that's, that's not the first thing you should say, but you know me, I'm, I'm t- painfully obvious or uh, uh, honest. It's not quite as cold as I wanted, and I don't know if that's from the car ride or not because I, I we've lost 
There you go. Moment of silence. Uh, we lost a dozen eggs in the process. Um, I, I, I took the keg yesterday. Well, first of all, I'd show you the pictures. So here's the story of this keg for 100 Mile Brewing Company. As I took this picture, and General Mike, if you want to walk around and look at the screen so you can see the picture too, there is the uh, picture of me. I kept waiting. That person that said, I mean, I'm not trying to make fun of somebody in the handicap spot, but that person sat there. You're not going to believe me when I say this. Maybe I should have been more patient for four and a half minutes. So I get the keg out. I put the keg down. I get ready to take a picture. They get in the car, and I thought, well, I'll just wait till they leave. I'll just wait till they leave. Yeah, so I gave up waiting until they leave. They were and, waiting for you to move. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, hey, that's where you know that's probably true. Get the keg out of my way. You know, how arrogant am I, Jeff Weir Production? I never realized they're probably sitting there waiting for that guy to get out of the way. I'm waiting for him to pull out so I can take the picture. Now I realize, wow, I'm the jerk. I'm trying to mock that guy, and I'm the jerk. Well, that's, oh. right there is why there's a God. Every now and then you need smacked in the face. So... <laughs> I took that picture, and then I got ready to put the, the keg in the car, and I thought, safety first. And therefore, I put the keg in, and I made sure to strap it in. So there it is with the seatbelt. Everything's good right there. I didn't know what anybody – could you imagine if I would have been speeding? Me? And the, and the cop pulls me over, and he goes – and he – like, if I'm a police officer, and I see a baby keg, not in a baby carriage, but I, I see a keg sitting there in the front seat with a seatbelt on. I think I would just close. I would just say, okay, and just get back in my car. I would. I would just get back in the car and say, what am I, what am I doing? I, I get it. I get it. I know why you're in a hurry. You got to get that in the fridge. So I get to the garage fridge, and the keg fits long ways, or on its side it fits in the fridge, but it was hitting one of the shelves. So I had to take everything off that shelf, take both shelves, raise it up, and then put the keg in. And I could believe I did this. I took everything out off of that shelf in the garage fridge and put it over to the right. And then I took out a dozen eggs and I put it on the left. And I told myself right then and there, because when you only sleep two or three hours a day, things just happen in life sometimes. And I sat there and said, no, I better not put these on the left because when I put everything away that's on the right, I'll forget those eggs are on the left. And as I'm saying that to myself, it's like watching me lock my own keys in the car. I put the eggs on the left. And then, and when I say on the left, say this is my left, even though it's not your left as you look at the screen. Uh, then I put the, I lift up the uh, shelving. The keg fits in there perfectly. I'm thrilled to death. Then I get uh, everything that's on the right, put it back in the fridge, and the chicken won't fit in the garage fridge. So I go, okay, I'll put the chicken in the kitchen fridge. And what do I do? I walk out with the, with the chicken, put it in the kitchen fridge. We're good. Everything's wonderful. I go upstairs, watch uh, an old college basketball game that's on the, the DVR. I believe it was USC Seton Hall because I don't know anything about USC um, this year. So I'm watching that game, and I drift in and out asleep, and I don't care. It's all right. I just want to make sure I know the players, see what see what their rhythm is, and then build a database going up for the NBA draft. So then I fall asleep. I wake back up. Okay, now let's let's start working. And by the way, if you didn't know, it's concert week, so I don't see Jennifer at all this week. She basically leaves the house at well, I leave the house before her, but then she doesn't get home until ten o'clock, and she'll walk in and say hi, how was your day? And then she'll kiss me good night. As she as she says, how was your day? She she just doesn't care, and then she goes to bed, and that's her day. So I hardly see her, so it doesn't matter the, anything that's going on. I just start working immediately. 
And at some point during the Cowboys game, I thought, the eggs. <laughs> and I run downstairs, and I look at the eggs, and they're just sitting there politely on the shelf. So I put them back in the fridge. It's like, hey, nothing to see here. No big deal. Then I start to feel guilty about 30 minutes later, and I Google, how long can eggs sit out? Now, I don't know if you go into Google searches and then just fall down a rabbit hole every now and then, but it said the dumbest thing in the world. It said... In the United States, they can last about an hour and a half to two hours sitting out. But in Europe, they can last for days. Now, I thought that's the dumbest thing in the world. What, why, why is Europe different? Well, I didn't realize that our farm-produced eggs are immediately washed and then stored. And the eggshell, I learned all this, is semi-permeable. So salmonella can get into an eggshell in America. But in Europe, a real chicken puts kind of like a foam around the egg that protects the egg as the little youngling or chick or whatever in there is starting to develop. Well, even though they pull the eggs because they're unfertilized and they can eat them, they don't wash off that stuff that protects it from salmonella. So they can leave their eggs sitting out because they don't go to the store and always buy eggs at, at you know, fries. So I thought, oh, oh, that's kind of interesting, but it doesn't help me now. So the eggs are still in the fridge. I did not tell my wife. So hopefully she's not having eggs today. And if she is, hey, somebody start, start the meal train. Everybody start bringing meals over because Jennifer's not there to cook and she's going to get sick. This, uh, but the whole reason for that story is the keg isn't as cold as it should be. But it sat in the fridge all night, so it should be fine. But I, I, I wish it was a little colder. Do you agree that it's... The, it's beer. <laughs> General Mike, that was not. I don't know how you're going to be able to do that today, Jeff. We're production. How you're going to be able to time out his mic every time I'm, I'm throwing him a. Yeah, the echo doesn't go out over the air. It's just. Oh, it's it does. Kind of a pain in the butt in your ears. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, well, everybody uh, that's listening to Doug Franz unplugged on the podcast, <laughs> uh, Google, Amazon, Spotify, TuneIn, or Apple, you don't hear what I'm hearing. I literally hear in my head that I am in a cave. I'm in a massive echo chamber. And that's all I hear with uh, General Mike's mic. That sounds. I could go funny. into an explanation if you want me to. But I it's do. I boring. care about this stuff. Well, it's because you have two mics in the room, and it's picking up your voice in your mic, and it's picking up your voice in his mic as well. Oh, so it's I did, that kind of echo. I thing. did know that, but that's th- that's the only reason. I can't believe everybody else doesn't hear that. That's what shocks me. No, it goes out perfect. Oh my gosh, that's such. Now, see, that's. I thought I was a sound guy, and then I had I, I just learned a lesson. All right. Um, anything else? I don't think I have anything else um, thrilling. Uh, let me just remind you, Whirlwind Plus, unplugged at whirlwind.com, unplugged at whirlwind.com. You've been fantastic so far. Thank you for that, Jeff Weir Production. It is an incredible pr- uh, package for you to be able to win and for you to be able to buy. So here's the two levels of Whirlwind. If you're like, well, what do you mean win and buy? From a purchase standpoint, it's only $299 for the year. If you're a seasonal visitor to our fine city, then go with the monthly plan. It's $34 a month. And what you get is you get the cheapest rate that day, no matter what time you're signing up. So right now, as we move, especially when we move into the spring, you can easily get $200 around. Yet, as a World One Plus member, you'll get the cheapest rate that day. And that means you get like a twilight rate, but you get to play at nine in the morning. So the savings sometimes can be $100. Sometimes it's 60% of the actual price, up to 60%. Other times the savings isn't quite as big, but that's what you get. 
And then on top of it, you get 15% off a Civlik and you get 15% off the Pro Shop. Now, let's talk about the Pro Shop for a minute. Almost every pro shop in America, and I, I assume Whirlwind's no different, and I don't know if Sweet Lou really wants me to say this, they have a much higher markup than some huge discount golf place. And the reason's simple. They don't have the area to be able to supply as much stuff. So they can't buy it in as much bulk, so it's more expensive for them to sell it to you. So that's why pro shops are a lot more expensive. You're getting 15% off, therefore you basically turn one of the best pro shops in the Valley into almost a discount place. So now it saves you a ton of money. Hey, oh yeah, I'll pick up a sleeve of bowls. You know, things like that. It actually makes sense with the discount. That's perfect. And then 15% off beer. Oh my God, beer. So that's great. 100 mile brew, Amber Ale. A Mountain Amber Ale. Oh. And they'll be distributing soon too, I hear. I need to turn this glass. It's a Sam Adams Summer Ale glass. And, and I was given it to it by a bartender at an airport. I, this is probably bad that even airport bartenders know me, but uh, they knew I hated – the guy knew I hated summer ale, so he gave me the glass. Oh, I think that's their best seasonal. It's yellow. Come on, Jeff, we're production. I, I think it's their best. How do you know it's somebody's beers. best yellow beer? Because it's all yellow. It doesn't matter. Come on. It's just the one that I like. It's uh, the flavor is better than all the other seasonals, I think. The Christmas one is pretty good, too. Do you uh, trim your eyelashes? <laughs> well, you know that. <laughs> of course I do. That's why That's why you drink the yellow beer. <laughs> just, just come out with that. That's why you drink the yellow beer. Uh, also, whirlwind to win is what we have today. The grand prize, Sweet Lou. I, I, I told Sweet Lou, hey, I'm, gonna come, I'm coming over to uh, pick up the prize today. Sweet Lou texts me back and says, don't, I'm sick. And I, and I go, oh, okay. And he goes, do you want me to bring it in tomorrow? And I'm thinking, what if you're sick? No. And he goes, no, 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 I'm fine now. I have been sick. I took one more day off today as a healthy day to make sure I'm good. So I'm good now. Oh, okay. And uh, no, I don't, I just come in sick. I mean, I don't care. It's Jeff Weir production. Who cares if he gets sick? It's just me. Yeah, so I just, I'll get him sick. I'm all good. So he, he, uh, he said, so don't come in. Don't feel bad. But I'll come in. Do you want me to come in Friday or Monday? And I said, then I had to admit this terrible truth to him. I said, well, Friday I'm playing golf at the Wigwam. So what do I do? I don't want you to know that, but I need, I need to leave. So what time are you getting here? And, uh, and then he is so cool. He started laughing. He has no worries, no, no, nothing wrong with that. I know that your, your loyalty to the Wigwam. And he, and he wants golf to survive and thrive everywhere. He's that type of guy. It's really cool. And I admit, there were no tea times available at Whirlwind. The Unplugged Army's dominating Whirlwind, so I couldn't get on. So he says he'll come over. He'll try to get here as soon as he can. So he may be on before Doug Franz Unplugged ends. He might be here around 9 o'clock. But he's bringing with him a, a certificate for a free foursome. He's bringing with him uh, three Titleist wedges. And he's bringing with him a gift card for uh, a lunch for four at Civlik. That's about, an, I think it's like an $1,100 value. might even be more than that. But if you think about this time, you're talking about about $180 a round. So you're getting right around $700 with that. Each wedge is probably a little, General Mike, how much is a, a Titleist wedge? Uh, 130 
Well, what a guess from me right there. About 130 or 140 for that. So you got three of them. So normally that's with tax around $400. So you throw that onto the 700, you're around 11. And then I don't know what he means by lunch for four, but if it's including my drinking, well, now you're, you're easily, for four people, you're easily around $150, $200. Yeah, that's about $1,400. That's the grand prize today for all premium members to get a shot at winning. So register at uh, WTSMTV.com for your chance to win. Today is the only day you have to be a premium member. But we don't feel bad telling you that when we have a prize package that, that, that is that huge. I think that's the only last thing I want you to remember is please put it on your calendar if you haven't done it. The second annual Unplugged Army Holiday Event is coming up Saturday, December 9th. That is a week from tomorrow. A week from tomorrow, 4 o'clock until Jennifer says we're going home. That's, uh, that's basically it. I plan on making it till at least 10. Um, I'll have to pace myself. Beer, water, beer, water, beer, water, back and forth uh, like that. So don't mock me if you see me drinking water because after, not General Mike, but after this, uh, the, the evil arch enemy of golf Mike, um, Coach Mike, really, as, as I call him, uh, after Coach Mike kept getting me beer after beer after beer on other people's tab. Uh, and then every time I got up and said hi to somebody, came back to my table, there's another beer. And I, my wife kept saying, well, why don't you just leave? There's, there's beer on the table. I mean, that's rude. Uh, well, did you buy it? No. Well, then why did you? Uh, I, she said I fell asleep on the couch holding a glass of water that day. Probably shouldn't have admitted that publicly because my parents listen. Uh, even though I'm in my 50s, it's still my parents that are like, well, why do you do that? Uh, I didn't drink in high school, mom and dad, so I'm catching up. I'm like all the bad kids, all right? I was a good kid. Uh, Jeff Weir Productions, is there anything thrilling in your life before I stop yapping for 27 minutes before I even get to Doug's big one? I'm just excited Beer Friday is I finally am so, here. That's what this is. And I, we got a keg. Yeah. We, we got a keg. You know, I got to be careful because there's a very good chance I'm going to need a driver to go home. And it's finals week. I can't, like, get McKenna to Uber over. Uh, what do I do? Could you imagine if I have to call Jennifer? Hey, uh, honey. Let's roll. Doug's big one. Doug's big one today is the mess that is college football. And I can't wait. I mean, I can't wait to see the mess and to see everybody go absolutely crazy. Now, Everything always has a way of working itself out. I, I realize the media likes this doomsday stuff. The media goes crazy. If they win this and they win this and this team loses and this happens, then it's mass chaos. And then, the, and then Stephen A. Smith starts yelling at everybody about how dumb the system is. And yet it always ends up working. I'm the only person on the planet that thinks the playoffs should stay at four teams. I totally realize you hear that and you go, what? Maybe that should be Doug's big one. Because I'm when I hear some people's opinions... Like, let's say you give an opinion, and I know for a fact there's no one in the industry that agrees with you. I know you really don't know what you're talking about. No one agrees with me on this. <laughs> so guess what that means? I don't know what I'm talking about. But I think that having four teams is easy to come up with. Everyone acts like it's so hard because throughout the year, it builds up drama when people argue. And they come up with these scenarios, and then when the season's over, you're like, yeah, those are the four teams. You I mean, you hardly ever really argue after the fact. Now, I do want to go into the doomsday scenario so you can kind of understand it. 
It's been rolling for a little bit, but it heated up a little bit yesterday. Nick Saban was on with Pat McAfee. And just so you know, the SEC had had a press conference that day on Thursday promoting the SEC championship game. So you had the Georgia coach, you uh, Kirby Smart. You had um, uh, Nick Saban for Alabama. You had them both talking about the scenario of what if Alabama wins? Because now you have Georgia and Bama each with one loss. But interestingly enough, if Texas wins the Big 12 championship game, Texas will have only one loss, but they will have beaten Alabama. So should head-to-head matter? So you will, if Alabama wins, you have three teams. And with three teams with one loss, a lot of people say, well, that means Texas should get in. And that could mean Alabama and Georgia don't. That would be no SEC team. After years of them sometimes getting two teams into a two-team tournament, now you'd have zero in a four-team tournament. Nick Saban wouldn't answer the question. Kirby Smart wouldn't answer the question. They kept ignoring it in the press conference. Well, Pat McAfee wouldn't let Nick Saban ignore the question. If you guys go in there and win, and I'm obviously just two years into this entire world and under, not nowhere near understanding how it works, but learning of it, they're saying you guys win maybe no SEC representation in the college football playoff. Is that something you've heard? How do you compartmentalize that going into such a big game? And what are your opinions on that even being a real thing that's happening right now? Well, I, I think, first of all, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it because, um, you know, we don't really control that. We have no control over that. We have control over how we play, uh, how we execute, how we prepare our team, and that's where our focus is. Uh, I think there should be some representation from the SEC, regardless of who wins the game, absolutely. I think this is one of the best leagues. Um, you know, in the country, uh, and if you're a one-loss team and you play through this league, uh, I think you're one of the best four teams in the country. So you, you, there's some kind of way there should be representation, some kind of way, uh, because of the league itself and the competition in the league. So, But I don't pay a lot of attention to it because we can't control it, and I don't really want our players to pay attention to it either. I want them to focus on what they have to do to play well and have a chance to be successful in this game and have a chance to win the SEC championship. That, that's the opportunity they created for themselves. It's a fascinating conversation, and a lot of people keep discussing that the SEC, with you look at the history of the league and you look at how many national championships they've won through the BCS era and then into the college football playoff era, that it's ridiculous notion for the SEC not to be represented. I think that's one of the dumbest arguments you could possibly come up with. We're talking about the 2023 college football championship. What happened in the last 150 years of college football does not matter. You can try to say, well, of course it should. The SEC is this or the history is that. This is only about this year. It's only about your record this year, your resume this year. That is what matters. And the scenario that's in front of us is this, if you kind of want to go into the weeds a little bit. We're looking at, let's just say Florida State and Texas win. Both, I'm going to say Florida State, uh, Florida State, Texas, and Michigan all have conference championship games, and they all uh, play ranked teams. So there could be an upset. Right There could be. But let's say there's not going to be an upset. Those three teams win. 
Well, that means you've got an undefeated Florida State and an undefeated Michigan. They're in. Okay, that's it. They're in. So they're sitting at 2-0. and Now we have this mess everywhere else. If Washington wins, they're in. So now you've got three undefeated teams. But if Washington loses, which is a very real possibility, so I'm going to go by that. I'm going to say Michigan-Florida State wins, so that's two spots taken, and I'm going to say Washington loses to Oregon. I'm going to say Bama beats Georgia. I'm not making predictions. I'm setting up the scenario, okay? If all of that happens – You've got a one-loss Ohio State, a one-loss Bama, a one-loss Texas, a one-loss Oregon, a one-loss UW, and a one-loss Georgia for two spots. I just gave you six teams for two spots. Where's the argument going to go? I am one. A lot of people, like uh, Nick Saban in that uh, discussion with Pat McAfee said, listen, What happened in September happened in September, but you've got to look at the scenario right now, and there's no way the winner of the SEC championship game isn't one of the top four teams in the country. If we're just going by the eye test, I admit I agree with that statement, but you know what? I don't want the eye test. Your resume is your resume, and Texas beat them. I don't like a scenario, even if Alabama beats Georgia, I don't like a scenario where Texas is out, Bama's in. They played head-to-head. That's it. You played head-to-head. Also, all of these years of the SEC playing eight conference games, everybody else plays nine. I have always told you, I don't care. The SEC is so far and above and beyond every other conference that they're allowed to play eight. Because they're that much better. That's not the case this year. I'm sorry. There were not the dominant non-conference wins. If you look at through the conferences, I would say probably the Pac-12 had the best non-conference wins. Maybe not. But, but because now that we know TCU and Colorado stink, and we thought that was a huge game at the time, and we find out you know, you know, months later it's really not that big of a deal – You've got an issue there. Look at Alabama's non-conference schedule. Middle Tennessee State, Texas, South Florida, and Chatt- UT Chattanooga. So, yes, you challenge yourself with Texas. So you played nine better games than a lot of other teams. I do think that. You look at other teams uh, like Texas, they went Rice and Wyoming as the other two games. So, and they had kind of a, uh, an easier schedule. You look at a Georgia, even though we think they're the number one team, their non-conference schedule was UT Martin, Ball State, and um, Georgia Tech. Okay, Granted, rivalry game, I'm not going to rip you, but it's not like you challenge yourself in the other three games. That's when I – oh, and uh, UAB. When I see that, I'm sorry, SEC. You're not where you used to be, or so I thought. Now I'm going to show you a graphic, okay? And what I'm explaining here is – I consider it an ingenious system that no one has thought about. When we argue back and forth about who's the toughest conference, we always end up getting top-heavy and say, well, because George, you might think Georgia's better than UW, so therefore UW is not the best. Here's what I did. Choose a computerized ranking, okay? I didn't have time last night to choose like five computerized rankings, so just to let you know, I chose the Jeff Sagarin rankings. 
And yes, I went through and did this. I made a spreadsheet in which I put every team in a Power 5 conference and ranked them according to where they are on the Sagarin ratings. For an example, and let me make you laugh, Stanford was the last ranked team in this uh, in my rankings, in, in Jeff Sagarin. They're ranked at 102. They're the 102nd best team in college football. Well, yes, that means they're worse than my beloved Ohio Bobcats. There's Mac schools ahead of them. There's tons of Conference USA schools ahead of them. But if you rank every team in the conference, you actually get to me a picture of the strength of the conference as a whole. So, Jeff Weir Production, show us where it ended up. When you rank every team in the SEC 1 through 14, their average rank is in 34th place. So the average SEC team is the 34th best team in the country. Compare it to everybody else. When you look at that graphic, now if you're listening to the podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, TuneIn, or Apple, I'm going to read it to you very quickly, but it could be boring if I read too long. SEC 34.29, Big 12 38.14, Pac 12 40.25, Big 10, despite the fact that the Sagarin ratings still to this day have Ohio State number two, Michigan number one. Yes, Sagarin says Ohio State is the second best team in the country, and yet the rest of the conference is so weak it pulls down the average to fourth best out of the Power Five, 46.93, and the ACC comes in last at 51.71, meaning the average SEC team is 20 spots better than the average ACC team. That's one computerized ranking. That's just Jeff Sagarin. But how does that make you think? Now, Jeff Weir Production, let me ask you, because it's really easy for me to have this beautiful little um, graphic here that I have, or not graphic, but uh, my little table here that says Michigan with a one in the Big Ten column, Ohio State with a two in the Big Ten column, then Georgia with a three in the SEC column, Oregon with a four in the Pac-12 column, because those are the top four teams according to Sagarin. Yes, he has Oregon over UW. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said that, did I explain that well? Yes, it makes it just it just shows you how well every other team in the SEC is. That's to me. how I feel. It is an average position. So if you care about the Pac-12, uh, Oregon is the fourth best team. UW, according to Jeff Sagarin, is 13. Now I realize if you're a Pac-12 fan, you're immediately upset. How do you come up with 13th place for Washington? Well, it it was not impressed with its non-conference schedule and not all that impressed with the teams that it was playing because it had both ASU and Stanford on its schedule. And I'll tell you why that matters in a second. U of A was 19th, Utah 23, USC 24. On UW schedule, they did play USC in Utah, so you thought that would have helped. UCLA's 37, Wazoo is 45, Cal was 48, which if we rip it for having UW as low as it did, I think we have to rip it for having Cal, to me, that high. Colorado was 71, ASU was 82, Stanford was the second worst Power 5 team. The bottom five teams went Indiana at 86, UVA at 89. And you might say, wait a minute, how'd you jump from 86 to 89? Because there's other schools that are in there, like Mac schools, Sunbelt schools, stuff like that, that uh, Conference USA that are in there. Boston College is 92, Stanford's 102, 
And then here's where it's interesting. It shows you how tough it thinks the SEC was. The worst Power 5 team was Vandy at 115. So they have Vanderbilt bringing down the whole conference. The next one is Mississippi State at number 66. The gap between 13 and 14 in the SEC rankings of Sagarin is that big. Vandy's that much of a dead weight on their average, and yet the SEC is that much better than everybody else ranking every team. I really like my little system there because I think what it does is it shows you every team. So when we argue, well, Vandy's terrible. Okay, they are terrible. They're actually the worst team in all of Power 5. But the other ones are so much better, the average is that much better. So now when you see that, how do you look at the argument between Georgia-Bama? How do you look at the argument with Texas? It really is good information. I am still one that I think we have to believe in head-to-head matchups. We have to look at a head-to-head matchup. Other people would disagree. You know why? Computers look at resumes. And to a computer... Alabama beating Georgia, playing better teams in the SEC, and losing to a very good Texas team is the only loss, is more of a compliment than Texas having its only loss to Oklahoma. Do you see what I mean? A computer's looking at it and saying, okay, Texas, you've only lost one game, you lost to Oklahoma. Alabama, you only lost one game, you lost it to Texas. Well, therefore... Alabama, you must be a better team because it took a better team to beat you than Oklahoma. (laughs) Even though you're going, wait, what? Head to head. I'm the same way. You had it on the field. You had a chance. Where I disagree with Nick Saban wholeheartedly is that just because you're SEC and the SEC has a great past, that gets you in. If you want to argue the SEC's best with data like I gave you, good discussion. You want to argue the SEC has been the best for the last 100 years and therefore they're the best this year? No, you don't get that argument. This is not about a last decade championship. It's only based on what you've done this year. Having said all that, and that is still Doug's big one of when everybody in the media freaks out about the possibilities, they're just trying to drum up anger. Get angry after the final rankings come out. One thing that should not matter is last week's rankings. That, that has nothing to do with it. The college football playoff is supposed to look at everything independently, and these are the final rankings. So it shouldn't be, well, they were six last week. There's no way for them to jump all the way up to number two. Last week doesn't matter. It's only about this data for the complete season. I don't care if a team gets hot. I think it's your entire resume. Now my prediction, I think Michigan wins. And I think Michigan ends up beating Iowa. I think they're the number one seed. I think next up will actually be Texas. I think Texas is going to win. And I do think that – I don't know if they're going to be two, but I think they're going to win and they're going to be in. The Florida State-Louisville game is actually a game to get a little nervous about because of the quarterback issues now at Florida State. It's, It's not a guarantee. I love you, Mike. And I wouldn't say this if you would have returned any of my tech since you left Memphis. But I'm kind of thinking Louisville pulls off an upset. And I think Florida State gets knocked out, opening the door for everybody else. I think the Pac-12 championship game winner is in. And I think the SEC championship game winner is in. So I'm going to take Michigan, Texas, and UW-Oregon with a spot, and Georgia-Alabama with a spot. The big deal is if Alabama does win and Georgia gets left out. Or if Alabama wins and Georgia gets in anyway. 
and they say, well, it's all right, Alabama, you're not in over Texas, then, man, will there be a lot of fired up people. That's Doug's big one today. Hopefully uh, you enjoyed that um, because uh, that, was, that was pretty heavy research. And, uh, but I, I enjoy that stuff. Of, I, I, I had no idea where the data was going to take me. And then it was, it was shocking to me that the SEC came out uh, on top. I must admit, when you sent it to me this morning and I was looking at it, I was so confused. But as you started talking about it, every bit of it started making sense. Okay. Like all the numbers I was looking at, okay. it, it all made sense for sure. Yeah, it's just it's, it's a long explanation, and, but you just don't think about stuff of, of how things average themselves out. Like – Duke was up and down this year. Duke had a good season for a while and then fell off. They're the, according to Jeff Sagarin, they're the forty third best team. So now that's a forty three in the ACC column. And the ACC, like the ACC's um, second best team, was Clemson at seventeen. But they kind of get screwed. Jeff Sagarin says Florida State's only the twelfth best team, and it's based on their schedule. So, you know, if we really did this, we wouldn't just use Jeff Sagarin. We would. I would take like whoever we decide is the four or five best computer rankings, and I would take the average for every team in the computer rankings, and that way it would be uh, it would be soft. So let's say uh, Florida State is is twelve in Jeff Sagarin, but in another computerized poll they're five, and then another computerized poll they're ten. Maybe we take the top three computer polls, give Florida State an average. Okay. You average out being the ninth best team, and then we do exactly what I said and put together something like that. But there was no way I was going to take the time to average your computer score and then rate everything from uh, from that standpoint. All right, let's get into the NFL, and let's get directly into the big question. Brad Smith, who is the co-host of the Organic Football Show every Tuesday night, every Sunday morning, right? I shouldn't say Tuesday night, every Tuesday afternoon here on uh, WTSMTV.com. Brad, everybody's wanting to know, did you have C.D. Lamb last night? I did not, but he did. He went off, and so did DK. Yeah, yeah. Metcalf, if you didn't see it last night, he only had six catches, but half of them were for touchdowns. So he had a nice yeah. day. He had a nice day uh, at the office and played angry, but uh, but fun football. And the biggest question: Have you ever been to Hundred Mile Brewing Company? I I have not, but oh. I will be soon. Okay, good. Well, we, went to, good we went to Bell's Kitchen, and that's a good chicken sandwich. So, Oh, there you go, Brad yeah. Smith. Oh, well done, Brad. Well done. That's a, that's a true member of the Unplugged Army right there. So uh, how is your teams doing? Are you guys starting? When do you start playoffs? How's your season going on some of your teams? Uh, well, I only, I only play one league, so it's the one league we do with okay. the organic football. And I'm 23-1, and one, so I'm doing pretty good. I'm a oh my guaranteed first week bye. Wow. So, and a number one seed. So, right now, I'm just trying to go for points because every week we have money that's available. Okay. Now, you but say I, 23 I, and one. How did you, how, how did you had 24 games? Uh, because we do a bonus win game. So, the top six scores get a win and oh. you get your head to head matchup win. Oh, so, that way, if you okay. score, if you, you know, score 150 and someone scores 155, but someone scores 70 and loses to 68, there's a little disparity disparity in that so that way we kind of give an extra win and that kind of like levels the playing field so you're so that you actually have like some kind of accountant that, that keeps track of all the points then 
Oh, yeah, it's ESPN. They work for us. Oh, wow. See, I'm amazed by that because I figured that you guys had some kind of advanced analytics or you uh, threw in new stats that nobody else is using or something like that. No, it's a button on ESPN. You just click over. It says bonus win. Okay. And it does it all for you. Well, you guys are – see, that's why you're the pros. That's why I'm just a boy trying to become a man when it comes to uh, fantasy football with you. What was your – what would you say your secret was at getting 23-1 and record this year? Uh, I was fortunate, obviously, with injuries. I haven't had a bunch of injuries. But I uh, drafted CMC and Tyree Kill. So that's the number one, and number, number one wide receiver and number one running back. So Did you have people in your league fall asleep during the draft? I mean, how, how did you get both of them? Uh, we do a, an auction draft, so you you pay uh, per player. So I paid one hundred and forty or one hundred and thirty three dollars for those two guys. Okay, of my two hundred dollars of your salary cap. So I, yeah, so I had sixty seven dollars uh, for the rest of my team. Now, when you guys do it that way, I remember how the ESPN draft works, where it's a time draft. So do you guys do your draft separately in a bid? And then just enter the data on the on on ESPN, or do they have an auction page? How do you guys do draft day then? Yeah, they have an auction page uh, where you know, it says like you can click one dollar, and then it has ten seconds till the next person clicks. Otherwise, it'll just shoot the guy to your team. Okay. And so people just click like I bet twenty, I bet thirty, and then someone bets at like, thirty-one. It does take a lot longer because obviously a bidding process. Some people go. You know, 68, 69, 70, you know, and they keep taking up one by one. Okay, yeah. So it takes us about three, three and a half hours. Oh, wow. That's a lot of A-Mount and Amber Ale. So then, if you're doing it that way, then do you does ESPN accept a salary cap? Do you tell the cat this is how much people get? So it's running a, uh, having a running total for you? Correct. You set it up as a default. It's $200. You can lower it to like 100 You could raise it to 400 Okay. So everything it's all relative. So if you raise it to four hundred, Christian McCaffrey would probably go for twice the amount. So. Yeah, yeah. That's that's pretty brilliant. Now, is everybody jealous? Like like did you did you teach everybody a lesson with this move of doing this, or do you still just act like it's only an injury thing? Because that that's you've crushed it. And you clearly showed them that you can build a team with seventy other player or seventy other dollars as long as you have those two. Yeah, well my my kind of focus is really the trade market. Okay. So I didn't have nearly as good of a trade, but I did pull off 13 trades this season. And as the week goes on, I can kind of see like how people are starting to progress. Like for instance, Rashawn Johnson for the bears. He's like technically the third back there, but in my opinion, he is the best back. He's a rookie. He's young. Foreman got hurt. Herbert came back from injury and he got six carries while he got 10. So he's on everyone's free wire. I'm telling you that guy by the end of the season will be the starter. And anyone that can explode up the middle and bowl guys over, but also hit the edge and cut the corner and burn them, are special guys. Like Jameer Gibbs does that, I've seen, and this Rashawn Johnson guy does it. So keep an eye out for him. That's the, that's the kind of tip that is just fantastic. So if I'm playing Monopoly, I am looking at, okay, I got this property. This what I don't just offer you something. I go sales mode. Now, do you see, if you do this, then this happens, this happens, and I sell. When you try to make a trade, are you a salesperson too, or do you just click, here's a couple 100%. buttons? 100%. Oh, yeah? 100%. <laughs> it is all about trades, because you're trying to win 60-40 on every single trade. Yeah. So trades usually are 50-50, unless it lines up where, 
I need a tight end and you need a defense and we're both trading better players, but we both get what we want. Yeah. It's kind of hard to do. So generally speaking, you're sending a trade 60, 40 and you hope that they counter and you still win like 55, 45. So you have to, I know certain guys in our league just go by the analytics. So early in the season, if they're wide receivers are trending up high, I'm like, dude, this is a number one wide receiver. Give me Devonte Adams. So, so it's kind of a sales pitch. You have a gift. I mean, I mean, you have a gift. Have uh, do you think the organic football show is ever going to lose you to ESPN? Uh, probably not. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I'm very I, loyal. Oh, that's wow. Good answer. Good answer, right there. You're fantastic. All right, tell us about the show coming up on on Sunday. Well, Sunday I will not be there, but we will have Sorrow and Rich. They're okay. going to give you all the injuries, the starts, the sits. And even the guys to watch out for and little strategies here and there and talk about the upcoming games. So they got a great hour for you. Matt will be there producing too. Uh, so tune on in at 10 o'clock and uh, get there before the games. And don't forget to set your lineups too. Yeah, it's a big thing to do. Set your lineups now. And Cardinals fans, remember, you've got an 11 o'clock game. So if you're a Cardinals fan, Keep it here on WTSM-TV. Watch the organic football show. Make it your pregame show at 10 o'clock, and then you'll be able to flip over and watch uh, Steelers and Cardinals. Brad, have a dominant day. This was fantastic, and congratulations on dominating your friends. They deserve it. I appreciate it, Doug. Have a great day. You too, Brad. There is Brad Smith, WTSM-TV's organic football show. I, if, if you, How much of an expert did we – I mean, Jeff Weir Production, that's like home run stuff. You, you try something. My friend Rich is a member of the Unplugged Army, and he says, hey, Doug, I run a, an electric company called Murray Electric, and uh, we have a fun fantasy podcast. Will you kind of help us out, give us some ideas on podcasting? And I just said, why don't you just make it a TV show like I did? Okay. And boom, they do a TV show, have a good time, drink beer, talk football, and oh, by the way, one of them is 25 and 1. It's so, it's so much fun watching them from day one. Even before, pre-day one, I, they had a YouTube channel. I was watching the YouTube channel, you know, it was, and then they come over with us, and the, the progression of where it's gone, is, it's amazing. Like, the background looks great. Yeah. Those guys are great. The information is great. It, it's been so much fun to watch the progression of the show. And I, I probably shouldn't say this because now, you know, Sorrow and Rich are going to be upset. Okay, but we all, you know, we have favorites in life. And the reason why I think Brad is hilarious is if you've ever watched the show, Rich and Sorrow are talking, and and it's almost Brad has this ability. This is going to sound insulting, but it's not insulting to to say something that about a woman. But he has this ability. You know how women? I don't know how women do this. But women can be totally focused on the conversation they're in and completely hear every other conversation that's going on in the room. And, like, I'm having enough trouble paying attention to one person talking. And they can hear everybody, and they know all conversations that are going on. So with that ability, Brad will just listen to them, and then every now and then Brad will be watching these two. They'll be looking over here, and then he'll go, well, then there's, you know, blah, and then he'll come back. and It's almost like he's got a separate conversation going on with all of WTSM. So all of you that are watching, it's you and Brad. <laughs> While Sorrow and Rich are over here, it's you and Brad. It's hilarious. It it's, makes it's me a laugh. It's cool dynamic. Isn't sure. it? it makes me laugh every time. That's why I, uh, I really enjoy that show, and it'll be fun to see how they do in the playoffs. All right, coming up next, got a lot of stuff to do. U of A-wise, a lot of stuff to do. Um, 
Cardinals-wise, and I, I want to get into a big Kyler discussion as well, and the Coyotes deserve some love. And with it being Beer Friday, presented by Hunter Mile Brewing Company, Tempe, Arizona, rural Scottsdale Road, and the 202, it's our first two-beer Beer Friday. I had to pace myself, though, make sure, because I'm driving home. One beer an hour, always. What's the second hour of the show? Here we go. Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwood Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, on the home of the organic football Brad Smith Conversation Show. This is WTSFTV.com. The urgency we have and the, the focus level we have, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I think it's a blessing to be to watch those guys play every night. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 602-2-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. I'm having uh, a ton of fun today. Thanks for being a part of the Unplugged Army. If you're watching today on WTSMTV.com, don't forget to watch the main event today coming up in an hour. Steve McCollum is going to have the announcement of the Thursday winner for Week of Winners. And then I, I think Jeff Weir Production, is this right? Are we going to announce it on Monday? Who won today for the grand prize? Does that make sense? I would have to think so, yeah. Okay, so Monday is when we announce the grand prize winner. But today, at some point, Sweet Lou of Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass is bringing it in. So again, sign up to become a premium member, and you could win during the week of winners the grand prize, three Titleist wedges, a foursome of golfs at Civlik, or excuse me, at Whirlwind Golf Club, and then lunch for four, either before or after your round at Civlik, best wings in the city. So that's fantastic. It's a beer Friday, so I will ask for beer. First time ever... Since we've moved to WTSM-TV, where we've had a second beer, I just handed my mug over to General Mike, who's uh, just a hair off camera, who on Town Hall Tuesday said, yeah, I'll come in with a pump. Oh, that's man, that's a major league pour right there. And then, uh, Jeff, we're production. Before we get to that promo, feel free to come in and grab your second beer. Yeah, I'll be in a sec. Okay. Oh, yeah, he put the uh, pitcher. First of all, General Mike was so smart. He brought a pitcher. 
So then he took the he tapped the keg, made it fo- you know, had the original foam, had it in the pitcher, dumped out the foam, and then has had the pitcher sitting in the fridge. The whole this is so good. I'm, the reason why, the other reason why I'm so jacked up is you can I swear other people think I'm nuts. General Mike, I don't know if you're the same way. You can taste the difference out of a keg oh, yeah. versus bottle can. I can I can taste the difference of, of a bottle and a can as well. But oh, this is so perfectly fresh. This is awesome. <laughs> this is absolutely awesome. <laughs> so, a hundred mile brewing company, Tempe is they're the sponsor of Beer Friday, and the reason why they're called Hundred Mile Brewing Company, they, their tagline is fresh. It never gets old. And she doesn't want to ever have the beer travel 100 miles away. She says once you get out 100 miles from the brewing spot, the beer isn't going to be as good. And she wants ingredients that are within that area. And then I don't know why she does this, but she's also a runner. So it's off of 100 miles. And then they do a Sunday run. And if you do it enough times, and you eventually you don't have to run 100 miles in a day. But you eventually run 100 miles. You get T-shirts, sweatshirts, stuff like that. Uh I would be glad to be the person that cheers you on as you run by. Oh, hey, 100 Mile Brew Runner. Glad you're running. <laughs> Did you want the organic promo or the 100 Mile promo? Organic promo. Okay. Will you give me that? Yeah. Um, we were just talking about the uh, organic football show. And I got to say, another reason why I think Brad Smith is awesome. Okay. I am so jealous of that man. Can you uh, could you put up a, just a still shot of their promo for me for a second? Or, or if you have to run it and then hit pause. Yeah, I'll run it and hit That's pause. That's fine, because I don't know. I don't have any idea how to do Jeff Weir Productions job. Okay, here we go. Here's <laughs> What's the up, everyone? Podcast. There you go. Brad Smith is the one on the right of your screen. Now, God likes to play games with us. I, I am one of the people that believe God has a sense of humor. For some reason, God looked at me and said, I'm going to give you two gifts. You're going to get a liver and a bladder. Now, I got lucky with the wife and the kids. Family's great. But as far as bodily functions go, I have, I mean, I'm telling, I'm telling you, Zeus walked down out of Mount Olympus and said, liver. You know, I, I am doing great. But I don't understand why God said to me, we're going to see if we can get hair on every part of your body. I have hair, like I have hairy feet. Who has hairy feet? And yet, as you've seen the top of my head before, it's a, it's ridiculous. Now look at Brad Smith's hair. I mean, that is a complete mockery of people like me. He's saying, not only do I have this thick mane, but I'm not even going to brush it. I'm just going to say, here it is. You deal with it. I, I don't have to look at myself, so why should I care what's going on with his head? But what's so funny is it's perfectly quaffed when we have him in the morning, yeah. and then by the time he, uh, he shows up for his show, it's like it is all over the place. It's like he's the hardest worker on the planet, it seems like. And I'm sure you know Brad Smith is going to think he's being insulted. Oh, no. Not at all. He's not being insulted. Like, this is sheer jealousy of just to be able to tell the world, this is my head. Now, Sorrow's got a good mane, so I don't know why in their logo above him, why he has a hat on in the logo. Because that's that's a main as well. And then what's funny about Rich, Rich in the logo, doesn't he look like the wealthiest Manhattan real estate agent? I mean, he looks like Mr. San Francisco or a Mr. Manhattan real estate agent. And then you see him beside, and we got the t-shirt going. We got the main sitting out the back of the hat. <laughs> that's like, wait, what did you do with that picture? All right. There's, now, here's what's funny. Saturday morning or Sunday morning. 
at 10 o'clock, how bad am I going to get ripped? <laughs> I mean, that, that's the question. Because we think we all, we know Jeff Weir production enough to know somehow there will be a, a highlight clip of me talking about the boys on the organic football show. That's all Izzy. It'll good. I, I'm sure good. Well, don't tell Izzy I just did that. <laughs> Hopefully, Izzy is working on the main event. He's working on Izzy on sports, and he had no idea that I just spent two minutes talking about that. All right, let's talk Cardinals. I didn't go deep enough into the Cardinals um, yesterday, and I want to go back to a lot of the things that Kyler said. And I'm assuming, Jeff Weir Production, there is no way to play 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 all together, right? We, uh, we, we not at the same time. Okay, we want to break it up. Well, I didn't mean at the same time, but I mean, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Good rip job there. <laughs> I, uh, play them all now. I meant more five and six, like consecutively without stopping. Um, because it's here's what's weird. It's all about this. All of this happened in about a three-minute portion of Kyler's 15-minute presser uh, two days ago. But I thought it was some fascinating stuff in which it was going back and forth between his knowledge of the offense, his comfort level in the offense, and a heavy dose of what is just taking fans by storm, his footwork issue of being taught to do his footwork differently than what he has in the past, and therefore how that relates to the timing of the offense. So here you go. This is Kyler um, talking about it, and I'm going to react to each one, but the whole general theme is questions about him being able to run the Drew Petzing offense. I just think there's a you know, feel aspect of it all. Um, Something you can't really put your finger on, but you know, just when you've done, you've been in a system for so long, and the guys have been in it, and we all kind of know what each other are thinking and stuff like that. And then you get into a new one, uh, we got to break old habits. We have to, you know, um, just we're, we're we're learning as the weeks go on, trying to execute as the highest level as we possibly can. Um, and I think that's part of being in a you know a new system. I haven't been in very many new systems, but you know, being in this one. Um, I don't think that we're, you know, we've reached our maximum level of, you know, what we're going to be eventually. So, if you don't know what he means by I haven't been in a lot of new systems, his dad's a, a very knowledgeable football dude. So, he had a system in Pop Warner that was reasonably similar to the system he ran in high school, that was reasonably similar to the system he ran at AM, which was similar to the system that he ran at Oklahoma, which is, which is almost exactly the Cliff Kingsbury system. Clay, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, I don't know why that was hard to say. Cliff Kingsbury actually changed the terminology of his system to the Oklahoma system. Now, when I say change it, it's, it's the same air raid plays. Lincoln Riley just calls it different things, and he calls different plays in succession. So Cliff Kingsbury changed the language of his offense at Texas Tech to fit into the Lincoln Riley offense, so therefore there was no change. Kyler Murray, as a rookie, was teaching the offense to other people. Okay, Now, really for the first time, he's running a real-life offense that we run here in the NFL. Okay. He hasn't not he's never run an offense that we would consider to be an NFL offense. And no, Cliff Kingsbury does not run an NFL offense. If we were talking about week three or week four of the season, I cannot tell you how protective I would be of Kyler Murray right now. And the reason why I say that is I've talked to so many quarterbacks. I've I've been really lucky as a talk show host. And I have to admit some of it is Wolf. 
because he knows so many people. And then a lot of it is I got so lucky to be the sideline reporter for Arizona State for so long. I can't tell you enough what it's like to sit there next to former assistant coaches or head coaches during the offseason or whether it's uh, Jeff Van Rapport's the Rose Bowl winning quarterback, and to sit and watch film and to learn to see the game like they do. That does not mean you put me on a field with 300-pound men running at me. I'm suddenly going to process everything as well as I talk about. I hope to God when I'm explaining football, you don't think I'm explaining to you that I could actually do it, okay? No way. But I can see it as I'm sitting there because I understand the concepts based on how many good people have helped me learn the game at a level that's higher than most people that are sitting on a couch watching a game. Now, there are other people that have played the game or coached the game, and therefore they know more than I do. They're sitting on the same couch or somebody else's couch. They know more than me too. So this isn't about, hey, what does Doug know? It's more about the work that I've been lucky enough to be put in because of other people. And I bring that up to you because when we look at Kyler, Kyler right now is lost. And I would protect him if it was a language issue. And when I say language, I have been told by almost every quarterback that when you dramatically change systems, it is totally like learning a new language. So imagine me dropping you in a country where you can speak at about a kindergarten level. That if you take a minute... You look around at signs, okay, uh, the boulangerie, that means it's a bakery, and that's where I'm going to go get this, okay, and you go do that. Now do all that in four seconds, <laughs> because that's how much time you have to get rid of the ball, and sometimes only three seconds. So you've got to be able to get the play in, process it, and sometimes it goes back through your other language. If you're like me, I can speak at about a first grade level in French, Okay. Now, you speak to me in French, you've got to say your sentence slowly, I've got to translate it into English in my head, then i got to bring it back to French, and then when I talk French to you, I'm going to be able to say five, seven words and just organize it in a way that we can both understand. That's it, okay? It's actually not that different in football. That's what's going through a guy's head when he's first learning an offense. I am not giving Kyler that room on the field now. I don't care when he says, well, it's week three. I'm not giving him any language rules. He's had plenty of time to know the language. I don't care. That whole time through the injury, the language shouldn't be an issue. Now, the timing of the game, absolutely. Abs timing with his receivers, absolutely. All of those things, yes. Even a little bit of the accuracy issues. But when you're watching Kyler Murray play and you see the coverage is dictating the ball's got to go left and he never looks left, that's not a language issue. That's a football IQ issue. Now, hopefully, he's got so much in his head, he can't just relax and play yet. And he's trying so hard to think, my progression is here. Okay, but the defense took that progression away in the pre-snap read. You, you got to know that now. And he's going... In this play, it goes like this, it goes like and he's still translating. If that's the case, that's not good. All right, here's the next one from Kyler. No, I mean, I don't think that has anything to do with, you know, receivers or concepts or anything like that. Uh, that's an internal thing that, you know, I've had to deal with. Uh, but, you know, whatever they ask of me, you know, I'll do so. That's the footwork issue. 
instead of right foot left it's right foot instead of left foot so now he's switching the way he drops his uh, he drops back and he says that's internal that does not affect the timing of the routes or anything else it's something that i have to deal with and i'm going to do whatever they tell me to do okay this is where i could easily be wrong i i want to admit that up front but i sense he doesn't love it and he's still in the why are you messing with it but i accept i'm a good person I hope when I bash Kyler, you never think I think he's a bad guy. I do not think he's a bad guy at all. From people that I talk to that know him well, they think he's a wonderful kid, okay? Wonderful. But they question other things, which is what I question. Sometimes I just do it more harshly than they do. But Kyler is one where he's a good person. So, hey, they want me to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah, but are you doing something that your boss tells you to do? And the whole time you're doing it, you're thinking, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do this? It gets in the way. I, I sense that, but that could be a reach. So I want to be very, very fair. But again, this is a conversation about his footwork affecting accuracy and play timing. Obviously, you know, I'd be able to do it, but it's, you felt, felt, felt a little goofy, you know, initially. Um, you know, you've been doing that. Like that's something I I could wake up and you know not or not even do it in my sleep. Is do it in my sleep as far as being right foot up and then now having to switch to uh, left foot up. It's uh, it's a little different, but you know I've I've had enough reps so far now to where it's uh, it's becoming uh, you know second nature. First first nature. <laughs> so he kind of catches himself. Is it? But I I thought he was fine. We all say it becomes second nature, but I don't even know why we say it becomes second nature. Because why does it become? Why isn't it first nature? But we never talk about something being first nature. What is first nature and what is second nature? Because second nature normally means it's easy, doesn't it? And why isn't there a third nature? Like how has nobody ever said, "Well, that's third nature to me." Is that good or is that? Would you rather be second nature? I don't know. Um, Kyler, more on your footwork, please. Making it second nature. Obviously, you know, I'd be able to do it, but it's you felt, felt, felt a little goofy, well, you know, initially. Um, How did that happen? <laughs> did I, do that? I try to do it as much as possible, you know, at home, um, but it's nothing's the same as far as, you know, doing it full speed with the guys out there running routes. Um, you know, you, you just, I couldn't really, I couldn't really get those reps in, you know, so once I got back, that was kind of me playing catch up while I was, you know, trying to build back into being, you know, starting. Jeff Weir production, was that Kyler 9? What number did I just play? That was Kyler 8. That was Kyler 8, so yeah. I'm a little behind. Hurry up, Doug. So, with where he's going, you can see everything is still foggy. And I am so sympathetic if we're in September. But I really question how... Everything. Think about what the things JG has said. All he's done is tell us how brilliant Kyler has looked every step of the way in practice during the rehab and during the two weeks that he was ramping up and being allowed to practice. Well, why have the last few weeks been so rough for Kyler if, if he was doing so well there? I'm kind of thinking that Jeff Weir, uh, Jeff Weir, I'm kind of thinking that Jonathan Gannon was just saying, why make things difficult? Let's just tell the media everything's fine, whether it is or not. 
I'm starting to believe things weren't fine. And this is the ultimate test. I mean, there's no bigger test than this month of December. Kyler doesn't want to think like this. He is totally fighting for his job. There is no reason for Monty Austin Ford to have any love of Kyler. However, I can't stress enough to you how big of a deal it is for him to succeed. Do you imagine the capabilities of this franchise if they can trade their pick? Their pick is going to come in at one, two, three, or four, probably number two, okay? They're going to have the second pick in the draft with the entire world opened up to them. And if you could trade that pick, oh my gosh, to get two picks for 2025 and get more picks for this year to rebuild this roster to fix the mess that Steve Kime and Michael Bidwell created, that's heaven. If Kyler gets it, this team suddenly comes goes from trash to probably playoff contender and getting knocked out like in December, like coming close to the playoffs but not getting in in 2024 and being a playoff team in 2025, like a guaranteed playoff team if you're able to keep developing Kyler in the offense. And if he doesn't, if he keeps playing like he did the last two weeks, he's got to go. I mean, he it's, it's not up for debate. He's got to go. Give me the next one, please, Jeff Weir Production. I just think that's, you know, that's something that his, you know, his uh, offensive tree, how he, you know, who he learned it under um, and the way he, you know, he was taught. I, don't, I think, you know, every coordinator or quarterback coach has a different philosophy on why. That's a really interesting quote. I don't think Kyler has an ulterior motive on that quote, but I want to tell you something that the current head coach of the Arizona Rattlers told me 20 years ago, all right? You might not know this, but Kevin Guy is the head coach of the Arizona Rattlers. Kevin was the third head coach of a team called the Tennessee Valley Vipers. Arena football used to be so huge, they had a minor league to it. So there was AF2. And I was the play-by-play voice of a Huntsville, Alabama football team. And Kevin Guy was the head coach. So he became a good friend of mine in 2002. When you ride on a bus for 12 hours with a guy, you get to know him pretty well, okay? So Kevin and I have known each other for a long time. And when he came in, there was already an offensive coordinator that was calling the plays. So he kept calling the plays. And then the next year... Kevin said, you know what, I'm going to call the offensive plays. But he wasn't going to change the offense. And he said, why should I change the offense to coach my offense when the players all know it? So why don't I learn their offense and call it versus making, at the time, I think it was a 15-man roster, making 15 guys learn how to play it. And I thought that's really interesting. And I hear that, and then I put that through – that kind of subterfuge of what we just heard there. I don't even know what that word means, but Wolf always used it. It becomes, okay, how does this work? Why is Drew Petsing coming in and changing the simple footwork just because he says it's better? Is that not something Drew could adjust and say, you know what, Kyler's been in the league four years, let's adjust? Or is this how this offense runs better? And then it becomes, uh-oh, Kyler's being exposed that his simple footwork is screwing him up so bad he can't think anymore? That, that last one's kind of hard for me to believe. It is interesting that Drew didn't change on this because right now it doesn't look good, but it's hard for me to get my head around one of the greatest athletes in professional sports history. Yes, I said that because of the fact that 
He's the only person in the history of the world to be drafted in the top 10 of the baseball draft and the football draft. So therefore, you got to be a pretty good athlete for that to happen. And yet it's footwork that that is wrecking his whole career. That's kind of a shocker to me. All right, last one from Kyler Murray, if you could. Uh, I'm expecting a hostile environment. Um, fans that, you know, they love the they love football, love their team. Um, you know, I honestly enjoy playing on the road. You know, I mean, I, I was we were taught that in college, you know, just being road warriors and going into, you know, another another place uh, and winning. That was something we pride ourselves on. So trying to, you know, take that to the league, man, it's 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 a it's really a mindset. You know, obviously it's going to be fun, though. It's going to be fun, you know, uh, to be in. You don't get many chances to be in environments like this one. You know, and I've never been there. Well, I mean, I have for a college game, but just in the league, um, I'm sure it's going to be a sight to see, you know, so got to go in there and execute. Yeah, everybody's getting geared up for the Pittsburgh game and because they love James Conner and they know what this game is going to mean for him. I think you know this, but in case you – like, I, I guarantee you – I shouldn't guarantee it, but it's 99% chance you know that James Conner was a Steeler, but did you know he went to Pitt as well? So this is kids born and raised in Western Pennsylvania. General Mike, I don't know if you know, we never gave you headphones, and I don't know if you're struggling to actually hear the sound cuts or if my headphones are so loud that you're able to uh, hear it. But we thought, hey – Let's bring you in some headphones. Da, da, da. We'll put it into, you are now number five. There you go. How's that level? You all right? Or does that drive you nuts? Or you don't hear a thing? Were they successful? No, he doesn't hear anything. Okay. It might be the headphones. Oh, we just gave you bad headphones. So now you can just <laughs> look cool. Uh, General Mike sitting over here to my right, even though... I just pointed at the left side of the screen, but that's really where he's sitting, to my right. And uh, it's kind of entertaining. With, you know what? You probably can't hear the sound coming in. So here, here's a pair of headphones. Oh, they don't work, but here's a pair of headphones. You look important that way. Um, <laughs> that's, what, that's how we work here at WT. We care about how you look, Brad Smith. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, let's get to uh, JG. And Jonathan Gannon, again, he spoke two days ago. I played some of them for you yesterday, but I wanted to get to more of it because this is a football tailgate show. It's a Beer Friday presented by uh, – I almost said Whirlwind because that's I'm, I have it when I say presented by. Boom, Pavlov, it just comes out. Uh, Beer Friday is presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company on Scottsdale Road, Rural Road, and the 202 behind Macayos, but it's uh, officially in Tempe, Arizona. The um, – but JG spoke, and bef- when he spoke, he hadn't released Zach Ertz yet. So that's new news. We'll get into that in just a second. Here is Jonathan Gannon talking about, I think this one's about the Steelers, but I could be wrong, I admit. Ball security is always a premium, but you know what we talked about today is they're number one in the league for a reason, so it better be on our mind a little more than normal. You know what I mean? Because I say that's how they win the game. They take the ball away. So we have to do a really good job. That that just doesn't show up on Sunday. That has to show up today, Thursday, Friday. Uh, It has to be, we have to be aware of it. We have to coach it. Um, We have to minimize their opportunities to do that. Um, which Drew and the offense can can they play into that part? Myself plays into that, and um, you know it's we kind of know what kind of game it's going to go, how it's going to go. Like this is a grinded out type game, and uh, we cannot turn the ball over. Sweet Lou is taking one for the team. He just texted me and said, "Doug, still feel crappy. I think I'm going to come in Monday with the prizes. No problem. We're not giving it away till Monday." So no problem. But I just wanted to return uh, the text. Uh, look forward to seeing you. 
and get better. I actually, I, <laughs> I tried to spell get better. You talk about my brain. I spelled get beerter. It said B-E-E-R-T-E-R without even trying. I mean, that is so awesome. Get beerter. 100 Mile Brewing Company. Get beerter. I promise we haven't been drinking this morning at all. But that, you know me, there's no way that's bad typing because of two beers. That's bad typing because I'm a doofus. There's a, <laughs> it, it wouldn't have mattered uh, on that one. So with what Jonathan Gann was talking about there, 49ers Steelers are the top two teams. They average plus one. That's the average. So every single game, they come out of it, usually, every single, usually, they, they come out of it with a plus one turnover margin. So when you count them all up, you will always turn the ball over one more time than they do. So you think about how bad the Steelers have been offensively this year. If you didn't know the stat, last week was the first time all year that they outgained the other team. They're, they're above 500 team, they're in the playoff race, and the other guys always outgain them. But because of the turnover margin, they get one good drive with a short field, or T.J. Watt gets a huge sack and a safety, or you've got a punt from the three, and all of a sudden now it's the ball at the 45, or they get an interception and they get it back to the, let's say, their own 45, so you've got a shorter field. So partially why they get so few yards is because the defense gives them shorter fields because they're one of the best teams, well, arguably the best team in getting turnovers. But they're officially tied with the 49ers, both of them average being plus one if you care about cool turnover stats. And that's what he's talking about there. So then, great follow-up question. Sorry, I can't remember who in the media asked it, but it was, how do you coach turnovers? I am. I am. I mean, the coaches do a good job of coaching it. They know that that's one of my uh, hot spots, I think, the ball. Um, we coach it every day. Um, but, you know, just like on defense, when we're on defense, like, you know, you need attempts, you need volume to try to, to, try to knock it out. The interceptions, obviously, rushing cover going to that. But, um, you know, they, they have – they maximize their opportunities to attack the football throughout the game and we have to limit those opportunities that is the entire story of this game it's going to be and and really watch it when you're watching the game on sunday watch just simply kyler murray running the huddle in that crowd noise how well does everybody come out of the huddle how well are the substitutions going in? How quickly are these exchanges? How, uh, how well is he reading, the, getting his pre-snap read? And is he putting the ball in the right spot? Because they are ball hawks like crazy. I would hope Drew Petzing does a better job calling this game than he did against the Rams. This is, as we test Kyler Murray a little bit, this is a game where Drew Petzing's got to figure it out because he had a really bad game last week and it'll be interesting to see if he does better all right the biggest story with the Cardinals happened yesterday afternoon when Zach Ertz was released given his outright release had a tough year this year with injuries never really adjusting to the offense quarterbacks not looking for him and quite frankly I I didn't think he was open a lot 
So I don't know if it's an Ertz problem, a Cardinals problem, an O-line problem, what it was. But Ertz did not fit this system with the other quarterbacks that were in. And Buda Baker, being the veteran, was asked what it means when you lose a guy like Zach Ertz. Uh, just a veteran, a veteran player that has played football for a long time, who has, you know, uh, been to the playoffs, you know, guy who who knows how to win. Um, you know, that's what you lose. And, and a guy like Zach Ertz, um, real good guy. You know, we have I have all the faith in our, our other tight ends as well. Um, and we're just con- going to continue to uh, take it day by day and continue to try and get better as a team, as a group. And uh, everything else will take care of itself. Again, you know, I don't think I did sound credits today. I didn't. I was so excited to get to Beer Friday. So let me do that real quick. Uh, I still have some. I, I've had Jed Fish all week, and now I'm getting a little worried. I'm not even going to get to that. So uh, there's Jed Fish from ArizonaWildcats.com. This is all from AZCardinals.com. And I, I tell you what, thanks for all, all your work on Jed Fish. I admit I'm not even going to get to it because I really want to talk Coyotes today. And uh, and we got uh, Turney from, uh, Card- or from uh, the Coyotes PR department. That was some bad television right there. <laughs> I'm going to put that one on me. Uh, the thing with with the release of Zach Ertz, I think this is a perfect situation. I do. Uh, it's easy to pile on Steve Kime, and I've done it a lot lately because as I found out how little he was doing at the end and how Michael Bidwill just wanted to lose anyway and, and keep a, a non-working general manager around because it was his buddy, uh, it, just, it really bothers me that you play in a – taxpayer-funded stadium and you and you don't care about winning and you keep Steve Keim around when he's not working hard, that bothers me a lot. So because of that, it's easy to pile on Steve Keim. On this one, I don't. I don't think Zach Ertz is a Hall of Famer, but I think he's one of those guys when you group together tight ends that don't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, he's one of the better ones. Like I'm thinking of, uh, is this a category? Of all-time non-Hall of Fame tight ends. I think Zach Ertz is special. Now, having said that, he hasn't been special now. He, he looks like he's getting older out on the field. I don't know if it's just slow recovery from injuries. Didn't really seem to connect, but I understand a tight end is very quarterback dominant. I mean, he needs an elite quarterback to succeed. They haven't had one. He's not a great blocking tight end. Trey McBride's a better blocker. Not that Trey McBride's great, but he's a better blocker than Zacherts. This just didn't fit anymore, and I get it. And I have a problem if somebody demands a trade publicly. I have a problem if players quit. I have no problem if you have a private conversation with a general manager and say, I'd like to ask for my release. The catch is if you pull a James Harden, and I'm sorry, Sun Devil fans, I love ASU, but James Harden getting fat with the Houston Rockets and blasting his teammates and the organization and just being a downright jerk until they let him go. Listen, I I don't want anybody to get a divorce, but I understand people change. Something happens. Uh, I do kind of believe let no man separate, let no one separate, okay? I have religious feelings about it, I admit, but I'm also a human being and I get it. And plus, your divorce is none of my business. But when somebody gets divorced five times, I don't think you have five bad spouses. Is that fair? I think when we get to a high number of divorces, guess what? You're a jerk, right? Figure it out. That's on you. Now, maybe you've grown up. Maybe you've changed. Maybe you admit it, but you screwed up. 
And if you're on that many marriages, you're afraid to look at a mirror. James Harden, look at a mirror. How can it always be Oklahoma City's fault, Houston's fault, Brooklyn's fault, Philly's fault? It's always somebody's fault. Not James Harden's fault. I look at the same way here. If you're constantly jumping teams, that's on you. You quietly say, I want to release, and it doesn't affect your work ethic. We've all done that. I mean, we've all had a frustrating time at work and looked for other opportunities. Why, why, why wouldn't you? You owe it to your family to do that. You owe it to your own drive and desire to do that. There's nothing wrong with dreaming, having desires, and working for those desires. Just don't throw other people under the bus while you do it. Don't step on somebody to get to your own success. You already live in the greatest country in the history of the world. All right? You'll get there. If you work that hard at it, you will get there. There's no reason to use somebody else to get there. That's the thing. Um, so I thought that was really a, a well-handled thing with Zach Ertz, and I have no issues with that at all. Uh, do, we owe, do I owe you another commercial break, um, by the way? I haven't asked. Yes, sir. We need one more. Oh, shoot. I want to get some, some Andre Turney. Let's hit that break now to make sure I got a little bit of time to play some uh, Andre Turney because uh, Coyotes, yes, they did lose three in a row, so I don't want to get too excited now that they've won three in a row. Hey, Doug, that's 500. But did you see the teams they beat? That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged on a beer Friday. Thanks to 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe. I appreciate you being a part of the Unplugged Army. Thanks to Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. That's a clunky throw on WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. I, okay, when you lose three in a row, I understand it's not time to get all jacked up because then the team turns around and wins three in a row. Right now, the Coyotes are in last place in a good category. They're in last place of the playoff race. So they are the last playoff team as of right now. But what's crazy is who they've beaten so far in this three-game stretch. And General Mike just said something fantastic to me. Their next game is up against the Blues. So if they win, they have a four-game winning streak against the last four Stanley Cup champions. Hello? I mean, that's, that's a pretty good day at the office. Home against the Lightning, at the Golden Knights, home against the Lanch. Now they take on the Blues. And they've been able to get six points out of those games. Here's Andre Turney, the head coach, about yesterday in which how has this team got the confidence going forward? You need to be confident knowing you can do it, but you need to keep the urgency. You need to know why you have success. We, I think in the first period today, we uh, 
we try too hard to make play and we were not as um not the pace we wanted defensively i think the guys made the right adjustment there it still was unbelievable great second period and great third period love the way we played now the main event's coming up in about 20 minutes and i i know all the rules of hockey but i don't know what it is about hockey i'm it's weird. I played in a gym shoe league, a gym shoe street league against minor league hockey players. It was crazy. I don't know what I was doing out there. And what was really funny, and do me a favor, Jeff, for your production, please bring on Steve McCollum because I, I want him as a part of this from the main event. But I'm, I'm playing in this gym shoes uh, hockey league with minor league players, and they were all amazed I knew where to go because it's soccer. And being a decent soccer player, I knew what I was doing. The catch is, Steve, I had no idea what to do when I got there. So I'm like, I'm kind of like, I'm a really good dummy. I was a mannequin that, boom, I'm in the right spot, and then I'm clueless. Okay, now what do I do that I'm standing there? When I watch a football game, I see every pulling guard. I see every formation. I see all these things. I can do that. But if somebody's sitting next to me at a hockey game and they just go, oh, they changed. They they mixed up their lines. Now I know it when they're changing lines. But if they say, "Yeah, Keller was on this line, but now Keller's over here on this line," I go, "What? Wait, what? What? Like I don't see any of that at all. Are you? But I know you know more about hockey than yeah, I do. You, you How well do you see it? You just don't study it. So yeah, uh, it. you know, it's you know, I see things in football games that a lot of people don't see. That's why I like going to them. Mm -hmm. uh, and people always look at me, you know, and go, "How'd you see that?" And it's like, yeah, it's, you know, it's right there in front of you. How mm -hmm. do you not see it? Uh, same thing with hockey. It's just because you don't study it. That's yeah. all it is. And, I, I, and, I guess. I mean, and I've the, been... the, the thing you're talking about, just creating space for the most part, right? But then yeah. you're looking for mismatches. You're looking for all of that stuff uh, out there. And then you got, you know, enforcers. You got guys that basically their only job is to keep you out of the middle. You know, that's their only thing. So it's just you haven't studied it. That's all it is. Well, do what I do. Listen to Andre Turney and tell me what you think about this because of the stretch of games, like I, I just said, mm -hmm. Lightning, Knights, Lanch. And uh, he says, what is – what does this show right now by being able to beat these three teams? It's a long season in the NHL. If you start to fly too high when you have a, a good winning streak, you, that game will humble you that, uh, pretty quickly. So I'm, uh, I look around the league and I always think uh, team will have a good good stretch uh, early on that create expectation. Sometimes it's not realistic. So for me, it's stay on ball and proud the way we played this week, but that guaranteed nothing for next week unless we stay on ball and we understand what made us successful. So that's the main focus for us. Really proud the way we play again, but uh, it's one day at a time. And they, again, we need to stay on ball and three really good opponent. There is more coming up. Because that's what makes me laugh, Steve, is the fact that we're actually at the point in Coyotes hockey where we're saying, be humble. When's the last time we ever had to say to the Coyotes, hey, guys, don't get a big head? Well, he learned a lesson from last year. Uh, is what he did. So last year at home, especially early, they were one of the few teams that bought, that beat the Boston Bruins. Oh yeah, Mullet Magic, right at home. And uh, and then what they do? They went on the road and they sucked right after they would win <laughs> against the Stanley Cup favorites last year. So he learned. Obviously, I think he's learned a lesson from last year, and he's sending that message to the team this year. Uh, and uh, he's one hundred percent correct. Look, it, it, great, you you beat these guys. Are these teams overlooking him? Like you said, the Lightning had a back to back, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and are these teams over? 
overlooking them? Are they resting stars when they come into town, uh, et cetera, et cetera? There's a lot of factors involved, but look, you can't put it aside. You're beating these guys. Now you've got to continue that. Last year they couldn't. Can they do it this year? I am not – this isn't something I can verify. So I am just <laughs> spilling out, spewing out info that somebody else says, having no idea whether it's true. But there are reports that say – the Coyotes' ratings are up over 200%. Now, I realize whenever you compare broadcast to cable and satellite, yeah, you, broadcast yeah. is always going to be higher. Yeah, you know why. Yeah. But the level that it is, like, if you would have told me, yeah, the ratings are up, okay, yeah, of course it is. Suns are way up also, by yeah, the but way. The yeah, but to the level that the Coyotes yeah. are well, up, that seems shocking to me. Yeah, have you, to you? but have you seen the stadium? It's uh, three-quarters of the way empty. Meaning, it's, oh, you got all those fans that can't get in? That yeah, are, well, not people that aren't spending the money oh. for the overpriced tickets uh, to get in, because now you can watch it for free at home. Uh, you know, whether you have an antenna or something like that. So it's going to be fascinating. I was thinking about this the other night because when Lightning were in town, they were trying to give tickets away, man. Hey, this for free, you know, you get your fees for free, all of this stuff, uh, and nobody bought. The stadium was half empty. It was uh, ridiculously bad for a Stanley Cup favorite in town. Uh, It should be close to a sellout event. Uh, And it's, uh, let's face it, you know, with the way things are, with the way this team is, with those ticket prices, it's easier to sit at home and watch it for free if you're a Coyotes fan and let's let's face it I mean 200% up uh you know well you know if you're if you have one and you're 200% up you know that's that's three (laughs) it's that's good it's interesting to me though that as a fan I can't stand hockey on television compared to it live I I don't think there's anything that matches yeah uh, an event live like now NBA is fantastic uh live but the if, NBA if you sit you, low. That's gonna say the NBA. Yeah. You really and I, I feel like such an arrogant jerk because <laughs> I can afford two hundred level seats to an NBA game. Yeah. I can't afford one hundred level seats to an NBA game, and yet when I used to work at the station, man, it's just a call. I mean, the station, the yeah. old station, was yeah. the rights fee, and the station gets like. 10 tickets to every game that's part of the package i don't have anything to do with it but i just call the promotions guys hey do we have any tickets today no all right do we have any tickets tomorrow no all right do we have any tickets next week yeah okay great so then i I get to bum two tickets and when you're sitting low it's incredible but hockey i it's actually okay to sit up high it doesn't matter where you know obviously in tempe it doesn't matter but like what you're talking about where you don't know the sport i would argue sitting up high is better because you could see the stuff develop you could see the holes open up you could see the movement a lot easier up high so if you want to study the sport on that side i would say sit up high obviously at mullet doesn't matter yeah yeah uh that way that makes way more sense for hockey yeah that makes way more sense yeah, I, I have uh, diehard hockey friends uh, for, for years that refused to sit lower level when they were in Glendale. They always sat upper level because they like that dynamic of seeing holes open up and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, uh, during the game, they could literally break down the game because they could see it from up high. And that's how the coaches and everybody look at the angles. They watch everything. Same thing in the NFL. All, the all-22 uh, film, it, you know, it's a high level behind the, behind everybody, and there's a reason you look at that level. Yeah. Are the Yotes – at the level in the rebuild where playoffs are a hope or an expectation? Hope. Okay. Okay. 
Yeah. Uh, if, if everything goes well for him, I said at the beginning of the season, the Coyotes should fight for a playoff spot. Doesn't mean they're going to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, young, they have a lot of veterans on there. The veterans have not meshed until this three-game winning series. Uh, they have a goaltender situation, which in hockey is the death of you if yeah. you have a goaltender yeah. problem. Now they've decided to go with uh, Ingram there, and now he's won three in a row, so they've kind of settled that. I hate the switching out goalies every game. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's just like having two quarterbacks. Uh, so maybe they fix that issue now. Uh, it's all going to come down to meshing. I, a week ago, I was reading stories about how the Coyotes need to unload a lot of the guys that signed here in these one-year deals, these veterans, unload them for draft capital. That's how bad it was a week ago. Now they've won three in a row against these teams, and everybody's <laughs> like, oh, my God, these guys are so great. They're going to push for the playoffs. It's, it's everybody needs to take a deep breath. We don't know what this team is yet. Uh, and uh, like you said, Mullet Magic, man, they win at home. The ice mm-hmm. is to their favor there. The problem is when they go on the road. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you've only got about 20 seconds, but is there any Saturday college football game where you see upset? No, dear God, no. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a big Hawkeye guy oh, this weekend? I mean, the way, uh, wouldn't that be great if the Hawkeyes win that game 7-3 oh, or something? What a mess. That would be that amazing. Would Tonight's the game, man. Washington, Oregon State. Yeah, that's huge. I'm sorry, Oregon. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, everybody's got money in Oregon. Go oh. Washington. Oh, look at that. I did not touch that game. But think about this. Washington undefeated trying to get to the college football playoffs. Taking on Oregon, who they've beaten. Guess what Vegas thinks? Oregon minus 10. It's a double digit. Now, I think Oregon's going to win. But man, does Washington plus 10 look good to me. I mean, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. But are you kidding? Plus 10 for the undefeated team. That's how hot they think Bo Nix is. Bo Nix needs this. Uh, It's so weird. I do think he's the best college quarterback. I'm not necessarily sure it translates to Sundays. I think Bo Nix is going to be like Colt McCoy. I think he's going to be one of the greatest backups in NFL. Chase Daniel. I mean, he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL for years. And yet, he's never going to be special. Okay, that's my – that's what now – that might come back and smack me in the face because I loved uh, – maybe it's Oregon quarterbacks. I loved Justin Herbert if he stayed in the pocket. And I love Justin Herbert as a runner. I thought Justin Herbert was a turnover machine whenever he throws it while he runs. So my opinion of him was, yeah, take a chance on Justin Herbert. In the third round, he'll be a great third-round pick. I wouldn't say I blew that one because Justin Herbert does kind of go up and down a little bit. But, yeah, I blew it. (laughs) I mean, I was dead wrong. I I didn't say he's going to be trash in the NFL. I just said I wouldn't pick him in the first round. And he's definitely the quality of a first-round pick. So I hope I'm not just being biased against Oregon quarterbacks and Bo Nix. I just think he's going to be a wonderful pro and not special uh, at all. I just couldn't believe when I saw that. UW, a 10-point dog as the undefeated team because Vegas is infatuated with, uh, with Oregon. I, uh, I don't have a lot of games. I know the Mac really well, so I'm going to tell you that I, I love Toledo covering. 
Uh, in the MAC championship game, they've got to cover eight points against them. Uh, I'm not going to say who it is because it's a little college that eats kids. They're they're terrible human beings there. Uh, nobody's ever gotten a job that's ever worked there. Okay, no one. Like all the graduates at that school, they're all unemployed. Yes, I said that. Sean McVay and Ben Roethlisberger, you guys are terrible. So. I just want you to know that. But I wouldn't follow me on that bet because that's just an angry bet. I admit it. That's just an angry bet. I'm an Ohio guy, not a them guy. Um, Number two, NBA. I got some NBA games I'm not going to put in the love category, but I'm going to put in in the strong light category. Uh, I'm going to take Toronto on the money line. The Raptors are home against the Knicks. The Knicks are on a back end of the back-to-back. Knicks are a better team, but... Knicks aren't that great on the back end of a back-to-back, so I'm going to take the Raptors there on uh, on the money line. And then um, this one, I do love it. I do love it. We all know San Antonio's bad, and San Antonio's on the back end of a back-to-back, and Zion is fire right now. The problem is the spread. It's 12 and a half. 12 and a half, even in the NBA, could get a little dicey. I'm still okay. I, I like the Spurs losing by about 15, but this could be a 20-point beatdown. I mean, couldn't you see 113 to 90, something like that? So I'm going to take New Orleans minus the 12 and a half. Oh, I forgot. I conveniently forgot to tell you how I did yesterday. Oh, it too. You didn't see this. Okay, this drives me nuts. All right. I blew the Milwaukee game. Milwaukee lost in overtime at Chicago, 120 to 113. What are you guys doing? That was just dumb. And then Chicago hit a three. It was Caruso hit a three to send the game into overtime. I was rooting for it because the spread was minus eight. So I'm thinking, hey, hit that three and then have Milwaukee crush them in overtime because I don't want Milwaukee winning by three. Caruso hits it. I'm like, yeah. And then you talk about laying an egg. It was... Minnesota tried to set a record for the most turnovers in one overtime. It was crazy how bad. Why do I keep saying Minnesota? Sorry, Milwaukee. It was crazy how bad the Bucks played in uh, in the fourth quarter in overtime. So I blew that one. Okay, that's life. Pacers, Miami. I had the Pacers plus two. I had the Pacers plus two. First quarter, Pacers win 38-35. Second quarter. Pacers win 35-31. So I've got a nine-point lead at halftime, and the Pacers have scored 73 points. Third quarter, they lose by six, but it's all right. I still got a three-point lead. It's 100-97 going into the fourth quarter. I've got the Pacers plus two, and I got a two-point lead. So in a sense, or three-point lead, in a sense, I've got a five-point lead in Vegas. This game's easy. We're done here. Miami wins the fourth quarter, 45-32. to 32. They scored 45 points in the fourth quarter. Come on! Final score, 142-132. Indiana needed to lose by two or two and a half. They lose by 10, and I'm 0-2. Anyway, my games today, Toledo minus the eight against them in the uh, MAC championship game. New Orleans covering the 12 and a half tonight against the Spurs and uh, Toronto on the money line beating the Knicks. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. General Mike, is there anything you want to plug in life because you pumped everything. Anything on your mind? Anything you want to say? 
Glad to be here. Enjoyed it. I've never seen this stuff behind the scenes, and you guys run around, but you get it done. Oh, that's kind of cool to say. Yes, we do. Why prepare anything? No, Jeff Weir Production and uh, Izzy work so hard, and, and then I wear T-shirts and hats and then drink beer. So that's what I do. 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe, Scottsdale Road, Rural Road 202, all right there behind Macayos, the official Beer Friday sponsor. And we had a Mountain Amber Ale today as a fantastic drink to get us through Beer Friday. First ever two-beer Beer Friday, by the way. That was kind of fantastic. The presenting sponsor of Doug Franz Unplugged is Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and sign up for the opportunity to be a Whirlwind Plus member or go to WTSMTV.com and sign up today to become a premium member. If you do that, you could win three Titleist wedges and you could win around four rounds of golf and you could win lunch at Sibling. Bell's National Kitchen is located in Old Town Scottsdale. That is the greatest place to go for the National Hot Chicken Sandwich. Rosati's, the official sports bar of Doug Franz Unplugged. And Parker & Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical will help you with your water issues. And the main event's up next. I'll see you Monday.